This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, and this is The Full Story. Around Australia, schools are being stretched to their limit, with fewer teachers than usual. Thousands of teachers are leaving the profession permanently because of long-running concerns about pay and working conditions. No teacher! No teachers! No teacher! I've been a teacher for 30 years and a principal for the last 11. Things have never been worse. And many warn that without major changes, a national teacher shortage is on the way. Today, where are all the teachers? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> school is starting now, so there might be a few noises in the background. Yeah, that's all good. I recently spoke to a PE teacher at a Melbourne high school during one of her free periods. We'll call her Sarah. Sarah was in high school herself when she first decided to go into teaching. What made me think about teaching was just the feeling that my PE classes brought for me. Excitement, fun, uh, connection with my classmates. I thought to be able to create such an environment for other people to enjoy sport as well, that would be something that I'd like to do for a job. When you were in uni, some teachers gave you a bit of a heads up about what you could expect from the job. What kinds of things did they tell you? That, you know, teaching doesn't finish when the bell rings, you know, that it's a job that you bring home with you. Because it's such a complex job as well, sometimes it's really a big struggle to switch off. You know, you might be thinking about that kid who said something today or, you know, a group of students that are struggling in your class and thinking about how you might solve those problems or how you might support them. You might be thinking about some bigger picture things within your school as well because, you know, a lot of teachers have extracurricular activities that they run. And how did you feel about that when they told you that? I felt ready for the challenge because I really wanted to be good at my job. Mm. Um, And I was like, right, well, it's going to take extra effort and I'm willing to put in that effort. Sarah has taught in high schools in both the UK and Australia over the last seven years. In terms of actually teaching, when, for example, if you are sick in the UK, it would be another teacher who is at school who would cover for you, like as in like um, prepare your lesson and get that sorted and you wouldn't have to do something yourself. Whereas in Australia, if I am sick, and it is an essential Um, because you can reach out and ask other teachers. But there is also a guilt to doing that because everyone's load is so full already um, and you don't want to be a burden or add to that. Um, So, you know, recently got COVID and, you know, I still worked during COVID even though, you know, I wasn't actually in the classroom but I was preparing lessons and posting them to the class channels and letting the cover teachers know what, was happening. So yeah, that was, I suppose, another difference in teaching over there. One of the things Sarah loves most about teaching are the moments where she really connects with her students. Recently, she invited her class to share something they struggled with, something they had fixed in their mind that they'd never be good at. And, you know, there were up to like eight kids who shared something that they struggle with, um, you know, in terms of their mindset. And then this one student in the class you know, sort of said, 
I feel like I'm really bad at running, like, and I think it stops me from doing it. Like, I'm, I just, I'm a really bad runner. And we had, we actually had cross country that day. And one of the other kids in the classroom was like, oh, I'll run it with you. Like, we can run together. And it was just, it was so beautiful <laughs> to be able to witness that, I guess, but also be a part of it in terms of like, you know, they felt safe in order to have these conversations in your classroom. But despite this, she's decided to take a year off from teaching full-time and she's considering leaving the profession altogether. What's led to that decision is feeling overwhelmed in my job, maybe not having a lot of job satisfaction at times due to the stress, due to the extra hours and then, you know, being exhausted and trying to look after yourself. And I, I suppose just also after the pandemic as well and all of those changes, you just, you know, not feeling as though you can live up to the expectation that's being set for teachers. Adeshala, how many teachers are leaving the profession like Sarah? Yeah, so there are thousands of teachers uh, leaving the profession at the moment and it's a real issue right across Australia. Adeshala Ore is a Victorian state reporter for Guardian Australia. Yeah, so my colleagues Tamsin Rose and Michael McGowan obtained the federal government's own modelling in March, which showed that more than 50,000 teachers were expected to permanently leave the profession. That was between 2020 and 2025. Some of these are older teachers who are retiring, but the figure includes almost 5,000 teachers aged between 25 and 29. This is a group of people who are leaving the profession within just five years of becoming qualified. Yeah, that's not very long. So... Why do people want to leave, especially at this early stage of their careers? Yeah, look, it's a well-documented issue and there's a whole there's a whole variety of reasons. There was actually a Monash University study that was published last month that found that more than half of the Australian primary school and secondary school teachers that surveyed, almost 2,500, were planning to quit the profession. So they described their workload as excessive and unsustainable. They said, they felt burnt out and just unable to keep up with the growing list of administrative tasks. So these might be some of the reasons why there's been this significant drop in the number of students who are choosing to study teaching at university. Sarah, do you have any other colleagues or friends who are considering leaving the profession at the moment as well? Yes, absolutely. And quite a few under 10 years of teaching. Mm. What are their reasons for leaving? Uh, Some quite similar to me in terms of like feeling overwhelmed or that there's just so much to do uh, to be effective or to reach that standard of teaching that you strive for. Also COVID fatigue as well. Adeshala, I'm sure the pandemic is one of the big reasons that teachers are considering leaving the profession. It must have been really challenging for them to deal with remote learning in and out of lockdowns over the last couple of years. Definitely. I mean, lockdowns, remote learning, returning to school, um, teachers trying to protect themselves and their students from outbreaks, all of that has just made the role so much more challenging in recent years. Sarah found adapting to teaching PE remotely over multiple lockdowns really tiring, and she struggled with her own mental health problems over the last couple of years. And even now that she's back in the classroom, she says teaching during a pandemic remains challenging. We also have, you know, those who get COVID isolating. And so, you know, it kind of comes in waves in different classes and you'll have like five to ten or two um, students absent and then 
when it comes to content that they've missed out on, particularly in the senior school, you know, they've got to catch up and every student's sort of on a different timeline. But even with that, there's been broader problems in the industry for years, even before the pandemic began. Teachers have been saying for a long time that they're overworked and underpaid, they're struggling with poor student behaviour and discipline. Yeah, Sarah mentioned that it can be really complex managing a classroom of teenagers who aren't always in control of their emotions. Teachers are encouraged to keep difficult students in school, even when they're exhibiting really bad behaviour. It's much more difficult, for example, to suspend or expel students these days. And on top of all that, teachers are also being asked to incorporate a lot of professional development courses into their workday so they can try to improve their teaching style. And when you're like Sarah and you're already doing 10, 11-hour days, this can be pretty overwhelming. There's also plenty in terms of professional development that's going around and you're, you're constantly learning new things that you want to apply in your classroom. But those, like, planning takes time. And I think... For me, personally, I don't feel like I have enough time to plan, you know, effective lessons. Um, you know, I want to feel good at my, like, like I can do my job well, but I feel as though with the time we're allowed as teachers, it is a bit of an impossible task. So, Adeshala, it sounds like there's growing discontent among teachers, and there's even been some industrial action recently, right? Yeah, in New South Wales, public school teachers have gone on strike twice in the last six months. So have uh, Catholic school teachers, all calling for more pay and calling out some of these issues. Okay, so it sounds like we have a lot of problems in the current teaching workforce and a number of teachers are leaving as a result of them. So what has that left us with? Yeah, well, the major problem is Australia is struggling both to attract but also to retain people in the teaching profession. Mm. Teaching is also an ageing workforce, so older teachers are naturally retiring. And although a lot of people are training to become primary school teachers, there aren't enough teachers filling the gaps um, that are currently existing in high schools. So Australia doesn't actually have a shortage of qualified teachers, but it doesn't have enough teachers wanting to work in the profession, particularly in the parts where they're most needed. This is a problem in both government and independent schools. And meanwhile, enrolment numbers are booming. There are more new students in schools than ever. Right. So we have more teachers leaving the profession than actually coming into the areas where they're needed, especially in high schools. So how many high school teachers are we actually short of? So most states and territories will be short on high school teachers, um, but this modelling predicts that the biggest shortfalls will be in New South Wales and Queensland. So it says that both states will need more than 1,700 teachers by 2025. Mm. We should remember, though, that the Queensland government disputes these predictions. It says that it's on track to have enough teachers to meet enrolment growth over the next four years. Only Victoria was forecast to have a surplus of almost 1,000 teachers in that same time period, but the union officials I've spoken to said this just doesn't represent what's happening on the ground and that shortages are hitting schools in this state as well. But we also know these shortages are already hitting schools. Um, in New South Wales, a number of schools are already experiencing 20% staff vacancy rates. And the Australian Education Union's latest State of Our Schools report from October last year surveyed 159 principals from around Australia. It found that 60% of the principals said that their school had experienced teacher shortages. While it's a small sample size, what I'm hearing anecdotally from principals and unions is that flu and COVID-related absences have worsened these existing shortages that predate the pandemic, creating a twofold crisis. 
So, Adeshley, you've spoken to principals who are dealing with this shortage at the moment. What can a school do when there's just not enough teachers working? Not a lot, sadly. I think schools are trying to just, you know, do the best that they can. I spoke to a principal in Western Sydney at a public school who asked to remain anonymous. And I also spoke to David Sutton. He's the principal at Maryborough Education Centre. That's a public school that's about a two-hour drive northwest of Melbourne. So as principals, they have a bird's eye view of this issue. David said he himself was actually having to fill in to teach classes when staff are sick, which is not something he'd normally have to do. And that just makes his day-to-day job even harder. His assistant principals are picking up even more extra work and he's worried that they're going to become burnt out. Both principals said that their teachers are working even harder than normal. They're also covering more classes on top of their normal duties because their colleagues are taking leave due to COVID and also because of ongoing vacancies in roles that just can't be filled. So this means teachers are coming to schools just not having any idea of what their day looks like, having to plan for extra lessons as well and cover yard and bus duties as well as just generally working longer hours. Hmm. That sounds really tough. Where is this teacher shortage biting the hardest in Australia? Yeah, so specialist subjects like maths and languages have always been quite difficult to fill, uh, but principals also say that subjects that were previously not challenging um, to recruit for, like PE and English, are also now experiencing shortages. The impact that it is having on students would certainly be negative because there's fewer teachers, there's fewer passionate and driven teachers because they're tired, understandably so, And therefore, you know, that affects their learning, that affects the planning of the lessons, that affects what goes on in the classroom, that affects being able to offer the best version of yourself when you're in the classroom as well. Sarah told me she could see the impact the teacher shortage was having in her own school, where fewer available teachers across the board has meant that there are some teachers filling vacancies who aren't always the best for the job. Yeah, look, I think the concern that both principals and teachers have is that it's just really disruptive um, for students. A lot of students, you know, gain a lot from having that consistency and that build-up relationship with a teacher who really knows their educational style. And keep in mind that these are students who've already had unprecedented disruptions in the COVID pandemic through multiple lockdowns and all the uncertainty that that brought. And what about regional schools? Yeah, so in regional schools, it's even harder to attract new teachers. Interestingly, I mean, the housing crisis in regional towns actually fuels this. So in some regional towns, we know that there are just no rentals or at least any affordable rentals. So teachers actually have nowhere to live. Hmm. One solution that the Victorian Teachers Union pointed to is a need for further investments to support country students actually to be able to afford to study um, teaching in regional hubs or cities. So the idea is that because they have ties to the country, that they're probably more likely to want to go back and teach in these areas. Next, what can we do to prevent a national teacher shortage? It sounds like we've got a number of major problems that we're going to need to solve if we're going to attract more teachers in a short period of time to fill this shortfall. First, we need to attract new teachers to high schools where the gap is. And second, we need to retain the teachers that we currently do have. So let's step through these different problems. First, what is being done at the moment to attract new teachers across the board? Yeah, so, I mean, look, education didn't feature heavily during the federal election campaign, um, but federal Labor did promise to offer a $10,000 a year bursary to high-achieving high school students. That's to help incentivise them to take up teaching. So that scheme's designed to incentivise students with an ATAR of over 80 to become teachers, 
Um, in New South Wales, the state government is aiming to add more than 3,000 teachers over the next decade. So that's by fast-tracking high-performing teachers' careers and improving the perceptions of the profession. And in Victoria, the state government has a range of initiatives to attract teachers, like financial incentives for those who are willing to relocate from overseas or interstate for positions. And this year, the Victorian state budget also included $779 million. That was to recruit about 1,900 new teachers over four years. And it's about giving those already working more time to prepare and focus on lesson planning. This is something that was welcomed by the teachers union here in Victoria. So it sounds like a lot of the thinking so far around how we can solve this teacher shortage has been done by individual states. Yeah, I think the workforce issue is a issue that's generally been left to the state. So more recently, the New South Wales Parliament uh, last week began an inquiry into teacher shortages in the state. And they're looking into factors that are causing it and some possible solutions like bringing in fly-in, fly-out teachers to fill the shortages. Mm. But the National Education Union is calling for a more urgent, coordinated national plan to tackle the shortage crisis. So it's warning that teachers, principals and support staff are all at risk of severe burnout the longer that this goes on. Given all the problems we're seeing in the workforce right now, what's being done to retain the teachers that we still currently have? So as we discussed earlier, teachers have been pretty unhappy with pay and conditions, so much so that in New South Wales, public school teachers went on strike twice in the last six months. At present, I cannot effectively staff my school because of staffing shortages. I can't find enough COVID intensive learning and support teachers for students who have fallen behind due to the pandemic. They're protesting poor working conditions and against a 2.5% cap on wages in the state. So why are New South Wales public school teachers' wage increases capped at 2.5% when the current rate of inflation is more than double that? Yeah, so this cap on public sector wages in New South Wales has been in place for more than a decade. It was controversially introduced into law by the former Premier Barry O'Farrell, and that was designed to rein in public spending. That's despite various legal battles by the unions against this over the years. The New South Wales government recently granted public sector workers, so that includes uh, government school teachers, a pay rise. So that lifts the cap from 2.5% to 3% this financial year and potentially to 3.5% next year, depending on productivity gains. The Premier, Dominic Perrottet, described this as fair and reasonable given the competing challenges facing the state government. But as you said, Jane, this falls well short of the current inflation rate, especially when you consider that the Reserve Bank last week predicted that inflation will peak at 7% later this year. And the New South Wales Teachers Federation has said that this move just adds insult to injury. And are these kind of wage caps on teachers just in New South Wales or are they in other states as well? No, it's not. So in Victoria, public sector wages were last month capped at 1.5%, but the Andrews government is currently reviewing the cap for the public sector. The Victorian branch of the Australian Education Union has reached an agreement with the Victorian government that they get a pay rise beyond this cap of 2% over the next four years, along with less teaching time in classrooms. But there are some teachers who were against this deal and have reportedly quit the union over it. Okay, so the states are all grappling with how to improve the pay and working conditions of their teachers in different ways. But of course, federal government funding for schools more broadly can also make a big difference to the quality of those working conditions. So what's the status of federal funding for schools currently? At the current rate of funding, if nothing changes, most public schools will receive only 91% of something called the schooling resource standard by the end of the decade. That's a benchmark for how much each school requires to meet their students' educational needs. 
But at the same time, a lot of private schools receive more than 100% of their schooling resource standard and will remain overfunded until the end of the decade. Hmm. So I know that school funding was not a big issue in the recent federal election, but now that we have this new government, how is this debate playing out? Yeah, so prior to the campaign, Labor's former education spokesperson, Tanya Plibersek, said that an Albanese government would increase funding for public schools by ensuring that they were on a pathway to full funding. But there's been little more detail about this commitment since then. The current school's funding agreement between the federal government and the states and territories expires next year, so the new Labor government will be preparing to enter negotiation with the states on this later this year. Mm. Labor-led Victoria and Liberal-led New South Wales governments are uniting to push for the federal government to close the 5% investment gap in the new agreement, and the Queensland government also says it will push for a deal that increases Commonwealth funding for its state schools. Well, our new education minister is Labor's Jason Clare. What does he say about the teacher shortage? Jason Clare has said that the teacher shortage will be a priority at the next meeting of education ministers, but it's unclear whether a national plan will be agreed to, as the National Teachers Union has been calling for, or how the funding agreement issues will be resolved. Sarah is currently preparing to take the next school year off. During that time, she's going to do some relief teaching and she's going to take some holidays while she decides whether she should return to teaching or just retrain in another field. What do you think could keep teachers like you from leaving the profession permanently? Speaking personally, I think having more planning time, potentially even just like one less class, would mean that you could put more into the classes that you run. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, And I think, yeah, also just an importance not only on curriculum and meeting these goals, but also creating that school community and appreciating each other for what everyone brings to that school community, because that all adds to a safe place to learn. So, Daishala, you've been reporting on these issues for some time now. What do you think is at stake if we don't find a way through this teaching shortage crisis? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what's on the line here is the quality of students' education and the future generations. So this is all happening alongside Australian students' performances falling for about 20 years, according to global benchmarks. So it's something that the new federal education minister, Jason Clare, says is going to be at the top of his agenda to try to reverse. But this teacher shortage is only going to make this harder to achieve. Teachers play such a vital role in our community And from what I'm hearing, the crisis is doing real damage and school students and parents are seeing these incredible teachers walk out the door because they're throwing in the towel. There's real fears that if we don't find a way through this, the teaching profession and the perceptions of it as a worthwhile career are just going to continue to decline. And actually, the president of the New South Wales Teachers Federation, Angelo Gavrilatos, says this is the biggest challenge facing the nation because right now it's the education of our future generations that's on the line. That was Victorian state reporter Adeshala Ore. You can find all of our state team's coverage about the national teacher shortage on theguardian.com, including a feature article Adeshala recently wrote with Joe Hinchliffe called We Can't Lose Anymore, How the Teacher Shortage Grew into a National Crisis. We'll post this article in our show notes. This episode was produced by Alison Chan and me, Jane Lee. Sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson and Laura Murphy-Oates. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.